Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here, my friend and uh, good friend and co-host of this fine podcast, Mr. Travis Crins joining here. Travis, my voice is back. Uh, I have no hiccups today, so that's a, a plus for sure. Um, so, how are you doing? Did you have hiccups? Oh uh, yeah, the the latter part of the podcast last week here, uh, trying to make some picks and just uh, damn hiccups oh. all over the place. It was it was rough. It was awful. Do you prefer red grapes or green grapes? Oh, uh, red. Good. Well, that's the correct answer. They're very good. Very good. Um, before we get into uh, a lot of stuff that's happening, mainly football, uh, we'll touch on the baseball, as we always do, but um, uh, with this being the week, uh, we are recording the podcast here on, uh, on 9-11, so uh, just to think back, 17 years ago this happened, I don't remember exactly where I was when I first heard it. I think I was in Mrs. Finger's uh, English class or classic lit course in I believe it was 8th grade. Yeah, it was 8th was grade. Um, and that's when I had initially heard about it, but it, the gravity of the situation really sunk in uh, during our last period. It was about, what, like I think we had like from one thirty to 3 in Mr. Busman's social no. studies class. And that's when we really talked about it and knew about the gravity of the situation, just coming home then and watching all evening long, you know, CNN or NBC, uh, ABC, MSN, whatever channel you could find just, just to figure it out here. Do you remember exactly when you heard about the uh, Twin Towers getting knocked down and the terrorist attack? It was September 11th, as I recall. Yes, it was. Uh, it was first period. We started school at 8.30. So it would have been 9.30 Eastern. And it happened just before that, I think. It was Mr. Wallace's uh, social studies class of some sort of government class, whatever it was. A teacher across the hall, lady came over and told him about it. And um, I, I didn't know what uh, we were 13 mm-hmm. in the eighth grade, down one. I didn't know, like, World Trade Center. I didn't know what that was. Some big building in New York. Mm-hmm. There's a plane plane crash into it, so I thought... I thought it was like a little plane, like a, a private plane. And somebody accidentally you know, hit the building and they died and whatever. So, uh, so then it's, you know, okay, another plane hit, and then we figure out what happened. And then um, and we, we watched it throughout the day. We watched it, like, for the first couple of periods, I remember. We were kind of watching it. Then we got to one period where we didn't. I was like, hmm, I'd like to watch that. And we did for, like, an hour. Then, like, after lunch, we were in the library, and the teacher asked, you know, you can watch it on the TV, you can work on your projects, whatever. So I, I watched it. There were maybe, like, three or four others that watched. Everybody else went on the computers and did it whatever uh, they were doing and uh, I was very interested in it so I watched it there and then we got home I would listen to a uh, I'd bring a little radio with headphones on with them on the bus with me mm-hmm. to listen to and I would usually listen to ESPN radio but uh, it wasn't on that afternoon they had ABC News on uh, then ESPN then I went home you get home about 4 o'clock and uh, I put a tape in the VCR, turned it to CBS, and I recorded that. I still got the tape somewhere. 
cool. Yeah, you find all that stuff on YouTube now. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I knew it was a big deal. That's why I went home, got a tape, uh, it, recorded it because that was that was a big deal. Yep. And um, I just remember, like stations were off the air for whatever reason. I remember HGTV. Uh, you would turn it there, and they would have a, uh, you know, words on the screen. You know, we're done broadcasting because of the attack. So uh, a few stations did that. And that's the last time that's happened. And uh, you just watched it that day, and I uh, went to school the next day, and uh, yeah, you go from there. Yeah. And you know, all the, all the sporting events that got canceled, NFL. Yep. That was canceled that week. Wasn't even though it was Tuesday. They canceled games that Sunday. It took a while for baseball to get back going. It took about a week off. I think it was, uh, I seem to remember the White Sox were in New York at the time. And, uh, Yankees make the World Series that year. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was a big deal. Absolutely. Uh, so yes, the 17th anniversary again of 9-11 and the terrorist attack on the World Trade Center. Uh, with that, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll transition here. Uh, do you want to go baseball? Do you want to go uh, Hurricane Florence? Where do we want to go? I want to go Serena Williams. Okay, perfect, because I wanted to talk about it here. Uh, so you brought it up, and I'm glad you did. Um, yeah, Serena Williams in the in the U.S. Open. Uh, by now, if you haven't heard or, or seen or anything, uh, Serena Williams got into it with an umpire in the, US, uh, the Women's U.S. Open final on Saturday. Uh got docked a game in the second set uh i think she had thrown her racket down she said some stuff it was just you know what serena has a reputation about her for um losing her temper a little bit they're kind of being a bully but uh in this case and i find it uh i I find it very uh, appropriate so Either way, um, I'm trying to think. Osaka was the was the uh, lady who won it. Um, good for her. The, uh, Naomi Osaka. It is her second uh, head-to-head win against Serena. I believe she's two and zero against her. But I mean, when Serena gets docked a game and then she loses, I mean, the boos are cascading down from the crowd, and Osaka has to come out and like apologize she i mean this is a terrible way to to end the tournament but it's not the first time that serena has had issues with officials but this uh this official here and uh let's see carlos ramos i believe he was also the guy who um told that that kyrgios guy from australia the guy who never tries uh or tries only when he wants to like randy moss he plays when he wants to play except unlike randy moss he's not very good uh said hey you know you need to show some effort out there and kyrgios ended up coming back winning that uh match so it's the same guy mired in controversy again um but serena gets docked a game for doing stuff that i feel like men's uh, tennis players do uh, frequently, uh, this was no worse than what John McEnroe had maybe has done back in the day. Uh, the whole thing is quite ridiculous, and I, while I don't condone Serena for doing what she said, I mean she did call Ramos a thief. I, I mean, and that that's fair. I'm talking more about her actions leading up to that. Uh, I side with her in this, and I. 
I just I, I'm floored by the fact that officials are uh, like tennis officials and other like chair umpires and refs are irked by the lack of support that Carlos Ramos is receiving because this guy appears to be a giant jackass. I'm gonna take you aside on this. Many of the reasons you stated. Uh, all what it all started with uh, the coaching from the coaching from the stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Serena Williams says she didn't see it, or she wasn't coached, or she's not coached in the stands. Uh, her coach says the opposite that he was coaching her. Whether she saw him, uh, whether she took that instruction, I don't know. It, j- briefly here, it's not uh, this in tennis is not allowed, even though it's ridiculous because shouldn't everyone be able to coach? I mean, a co- like this would be like a football head coach not being allowed to talk to his quarterback or something uh, during the game. It, it seems a little ridiculous that they aren't allowed to coach. As far as I know, it's illegal, but it's never called. So, for whatever that's worth. So he calls that. That's where it all starts. It's a warning. That's all it is. It's a warning. Okay, don't do not do that again. Okay. And then she throws her racket down after she loses a point in a match. She was likely going to lose anyway. So she busts her racket. So you take your, uh, take a point away there. Or uh, take uh, a set away, whatever they did. Uh, and then it escalates, and then she goes nuts. And then, it, you know, the way it ended. Like, she could have just not broke her racket. She could have prevented all of this from happening by somewhat keeping her composure. But uh, I'm glad you mentioned it. She has a history of this uh, at this tournament, which I had forgotten about. It was a big deal at the time. Uh, 2009, she was in the finals against Kim Kleisters. And uh, it was a very similar situation. There was uh, a serious situation. It was uh, She got angry like a, a linesman, some lady, a linesman. There was a foot fault. And she went over the line there. She was fined a lot of money and got a point taken away and lost that one. And then 2011, it happened again at the U.S. Open again. She was fined $2,000. She did it again. And now 10 years later, she does it a third time. So I thought she embarrassed herself. I thought it was a poor example for everybody involved. Uh, She's done this numerous times. I'm glad you brought it up because I haven't heard anybody bring that up. I, I mean, the war, I mean... The warning happens, just ignore it. I mean, seems like she gets very frustrated when she is losing. All of these examples of happening finals of the U.S. Open where she has lost. So, don't throw your racket down. Don't break it. Uh, be above that. So, I think I'm in the minority. I think she handled it as poorly as she possibly could have. It escalated to a point where it should not have. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just kept going after the guy at some point, he's got to say enough is enough. At what point does he just say, okay, we're done here. I mean, enough. So he had to do what he had to do. Uh, it might've been a bit extreme, but I think she handled it. She made every wrong decision she could have. Yeah. You know, and I, and I do agree with that, but again, I will go to the, to the fact that this is what, what she did is no worse than what we have heard 
from other tennis players throughout you know the you know throughout the the previous years and like I say John McEnroe would probably be exhibit A in terms of guys who can or tennis players who completely lose their cool and composure um I do know he was suspended uh, at least once if not uh, a few times but so again I don't condone necessarily what Serena did but I get her frustration if what she's doing she's getting called out for and no one else would and that's that's the part to me that is the most uh it's the worst part about this and i can see where the sexism comes in i don't and i i don't know if this is if there's a racial component to this i'm not gonna say that but certainly it appears that it's a, there's a, a bit of sexism involved here, at least from my perspective. Again, citing the fact that male tennis players have done far worse or have at least gone to that same line that Serena did and nothing becomes of it. And maybe she's got that bigger target on her back because she's the greatest women's tennis player of all time. Um, I, I don't know. but And also, again, just going back to the fact that this chair ump is... A kind of a bum and he's already been in a little bit of controversy I'm surprised he was even allowed to ref the women's final considering the fact that he, sh- he should have been at least reprimanded for what he did earlier in the tournament to, uh, to, the, to that Kyrgios guy alright so when I um, I was about for Wild Wings we went to the SDSU game and um, we were uh, watching it there was on and that's when that happened. I don't know what was going on. He was very upset. And then, like, he, when I go back and watch, like, he immediately goes to the, oh, this is sexist that I'm a woman and you're after me. And I, I thought that was ridiculous. I was like, Jesus Christ. We're real. I mean, we talk a lot about racism and sexism and stuff like that as it relates to sports. But I'm like, Jesus Christ, does everything have to be about you're a woman and all this stuff? And you mentioned, you know, guys have done worse. So I, and again, I go back to, she could have, this is all her own fault. She brought this on herself. So if she doesn't act that way, if she doesn't break her racket, none of this happened. So again, she acted very poorly. She made every wrong decision she could have. So when I saw the sexism thing, I was just like, come on, Jesus Christ. But, but doesn't and then there the, was this, okay. sure, and there was, and there was this cartoon, uh, I don't know if you saw this cartoon the I day or two after. It's just a cartoon. She's there, and they got her dumping up, and her racket's busted. And um, off in the distance is the umpire talking to the other player, and uh, with the caption, "Can't you just let her win?" Uh, talking to the other player. Yep. And I saw that, and I'm like, oh, that's you know, fine. That's what happened. And then people are like, "Oh, that's racist." I'm like, "No, I, I mean, I wouldn't I, take it that way at all." No, I'm like, I had no, I'm like, I, that never crossed my mind. That's racist. And then they, well, uh, the lady in the foreground's got blonde hair and she was taking on this African American Asian lady. I'm like, well, she actually did have blonde hair. I'm like, uh, parts of her hair were blonde. So I don't know if they thought that was racist or because they portrayed Serena Williams in anger as racist. So I thought the racism was dumb. Yep. It wasn't. And then I said, uh, just to go from this to that, I mean, I don't pay attention to tennis much. And guys, they, they yell as well. But um, I've not seen a player 
lose their cool like that for quite some time. I, uh, yeah, again, I get it. Um, I just think that the chair ump in this one either needs to have some thicker skin, because I'm sure he's been called worse, or, I mean, he he just seems, this guy, I this Carlos Ramos fella, I, again, he was already mired in controversy from earlier in the tournament. You just, I think that you just don't do it. Obviously, you warn her, if you dock her a point that's, Fine, I guess, but to dock her a, a game or a set for calling her a thief, I mean, that that to me, it just means like, okay, guy, you, you need to just get the hell out of here. Don't dock her a game for that. Dock her a point or whatnot and say, let, you know, just, I, I don't know, I... I get it to a degree. This, this was uh, this was another. This was some Mohammed guy that did the pep talk to the other guy. Who? So this is not the same guy. Oh, okay. It's it's not Carlos Ramos. It was Mohammed something. Left his umpire chair to talk to that Nick Craigos. Okay. That, that in my my humblest apologies. Um, I had thought. So I I completely um, forget then the majority of what I said about the mired in controversy thing. But just but, but he has had if you Google his name he has had fights with other players, male and female. So he does have a history of. So shouldn't he be chastised a little bit? I mean, he is in large part here, as you said. You're probably in the minority for yeah, but, like like. Saints read and by the way, Judge Janine on the five on Fox News oh, yeah. was all about this shit, and I was just like, "Oh my God, stop! I can't it, just stop." But uh, it's she was saying, you know, Serena's at fault. So it, congratulations, friends! You're with uh, Judge yeah, Janine. Yeah, a rare, a rare time where I'm on their side. As sad as that is. <laughs> um, my I, question would then be like, at what point does she have to do something? At what point, you know, is just enough enough? Right. We had the, we had the warning, and then yep. we had the racket. Then you're coming after me. I mean, does he let it go on for another minute? Does he just let it go on until she stops? I mean, at what point? At some point, you got to say, all right, we're done here. Yep. And nope. that's taking away at points, that's the way it is. I get it. I totally understand that point. I don't... I guess I don't... She had to have been... Well, obviously she was irked her and, and like she was she was upset anyway to begin with at this point but something and he must have kept egging her on to a degree I have to imagine to pro, or like provoking her you know just poking the bear just a little bit and un, unleashed you know the, the fury was unleashed to the rest of the world uh, again I don't like what she did but I I just see far. I've I've seen far worse. I've seen male players do it and not do it. So to me, there is an element of sexism here. Um, I don't know if I don't. I'm not trying to say like, oh, Serena's been treated differently ever since you know, like her their pregnancy and her near death experience after giving birth to her child or whatnot. It, it like, seems to me. It seems to me like, like she's trying to. Ago? What's that? I only heard about that like a week or two ago, this near-death experience. Oh, really? Oh, it's been out there for a while. Like, was that out there way back when? Yes, yep. Yeah, she uh, detailed so it in, um, in, an, um, in an interview. 
I don't know if it was last summer. It might have been a little later than that, but th this has been out for a while. So I don't know if there's some element of that involved here. The whole it the whole situation just stinks, and unfortunately, again, we're talking about all this and the mere fact that Naomi Osaka, who played very well in that in that match against Serena, and played well obviously to get to that and, and win it, and she has to apologize. It's it's just embarrassment. It's a it's a black eye for the sport, and I I, I don't know I don't know where we go from here. was one of the rare ones that that she didn't like what happened. I've seen Billie Jean King also. Um, yeah, he was on the other side. She said she was on Serena's side. Oh, I thought Billie Jean King was not. Did I, did I read no, that wrong? Billie, no, no, Billie Jean King, she was all about, yeah, this was great, you know. Like people thought, people thought that, you know, good for Serena standing up for women and all of this bullshit. And I was the opposite. I was like, if you wanted to set a good example, you would have just ignored stuff, you know? But what? I mean, just don't break your racket. And as I've said, she has a history of this. U.S. Open titles. She loses them. She goes nuts. And uh, again, no. Uh, Billie Jean King says, no one free from blame at the U.S. Open. So there is an element of blame, certainly, to go for Serena. So, but anyway, I mean, gets us talking about tennis in the U.S. Open, but I don't think this is the <laughs> sort of attention that... They want. I, I saw I saw a ten second clip of Mike Greenberg saying this was the worst thing in the history of the sport. Well, you know, the guy who yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the one. Guy who was recording this then turns his turns his phone around and says Monica Sellis was stabbed on the court. So to say this is the worst thing ever, no. My the one was stabbed. How the mighty have but, fallen. How how far can Mike Greenberg fall? I mean, I loved Mike and Mike on ESPN Radio, and then they broke it up. Uh, Golik and Wingo are, I would I would deem, a relatively decent success. Uh, I think the ratings are down a little bit for them, but, I mean, down across the board for ESPN. But at least they're relevant. Uh, Mike Greenberg, unfortunately, has is largely irrelevant now. I don't see that show lasting at this time next year. And if it is, I see it as a different show, a different format. Of well, they've already um, yeah. made it two hours. So, the get up, that is. And get up! Anyway, so that's a that's terrible here. Uh, do you want to go to the to the baseball now? Sure, get the baseball out of the way. Okay. Um, yeah, the baseball. A lot going on here. Um, <laughs> you know, the NL West is certainly... Uh, int intriguing. The Diamondbacks are falling apart, but the Rockies keeping an edge here on the Dodgers. That's interesting. The Braves with a decent lead. How about the Cubs and the Brewers, though? This is a race that deserves our attention. The Brewers are really coming on strong. Uh, two games back. I think they're going to lose tonight, so they'd be two games back. But yeah, Brewers are getting closer to hosting that playoff game, so I would... Uh... I mean, Cubs-Brewers probably going to be what the first round series is going to be. So it should be, uh, that should be a dandy. That is what happens. Uh, if the Dodgers don't make the playoffs, and it's looking more and more likely that the Dodgers won't make the playoffs, uh, they can blame how they played against the Reds. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're 0-6. They're yep. They are 0-6 stacking. 
against the Cincinnati Reds. Reds, not a terrible team. They're 20 games under 500, but they had a bit of bad start. They've been eh, slightly under 500 for a while, though you excuse their first three to four weeks of the season. They've been an okay team, and they've got maybe three of the best hitters, three of the, maybe the ten best hitters in uh, in the National League, which is surprising. I think it would be surprising for people to know that. Um, the Rockies, probably the worst team of that group, but uh, they've got a two-game lead right now. Uh, Phillies are dead, so Braves got that division wrapped up. And uh, what's going to be lost this season is the Tampa Bay Rays. I would, I'm glad you brought that up. You must be reading my mind. I mean, we don't really talk about what we are going to, what we want to talk about on the podcast here. But you brought up Serena, and that was something I was going to bring. Yeah. I wanted to talk about early on in the podcast. And here you go talking about the Rays, because I was just going to say they have won 17 of 20 games here. I was going to ask how viable, like how serious of a threat are they? Can, I mean, there there isn't yeah, much time left, but. Give me it like how zero zero okay all right zero percent all right the way to dash the hopes of everyone. There, I mean, there's seven and a half back. We have what twenty games to go here. So, crazier shit uh, has happened, Grins. Crazier stuff has happened. Oh, again, this would be the craziest thing of all time. Making up eight games in three weeks—that's just not not likely. Um, but yeah, they've been very good. They're going to threaten to win ninety games. Tampa Bay in any other year, they'd be in that wild card game be threatening for the division lead. Uh, they've been very good. I think they've, they've changed baseball with how they've used their pitchers. Pitchers you know, using that opener. And again, when you use. Same with Otani. Hitting, hitting and pitching. It was very important that he did well with that, and he did. It was very important that Tampa Bay did well with this opener. They've had great success with it. And Twins, they've used it a couple times here the past week and you've seen uh, not every team but quite a few teams use this opener and that just happened a couple times last year but now you're seeing it many many times this year and probably going to see it more next year and uh, I don't think it's too much to say that uh, Tampa Bay they changed changed baseball for the better so I think that's a big deal and I'm, I'm interested to see how the pitchers are used in the playoffs because Houston they did a great job using Lance McCullers out of the bullpen for three or four innings at a time. There's Charlie Morton, three or four innings. Brad Peacock, they used him multiple innings. So I'm interested to see how these teams in the playoffs use their pitchers. I think it's going to be uh, extremely out of the norm and uh, very difficult. I just looking at this here, let's say that the Rays are five games. Win the rest of their games. If the if the Rays are five games back, headed in that last week, they it, have to win the rest of their games and hope that Oakland loses the rest of their games. No, no. How about the Yankees? Because Yankees the Yankees, of, uh, it, it, Yankees are ten and a half games ahead, stacking with eighteen games to go. Ah, well, never mind. Because what I was going to say is the Yankees end the year at Tampa, four-game series at Tampa, and then three games at Boston. If somehow, you know, the, the but then again, I see the home to Toronto, home to Boston, home to Baltimore. So never mind. Never mind what I say about Here's the Yankees. The Here's the deal. This weekend, Tampa Bay hosts Oakland. 
If Tampa can sweep them, maybe they're four and a half back. Then we can maybe talk. They have to sweep. They can't split. They can't sweep. They they have to sweep. They can do that. Then we'll see. If they take three of four, do you even does it change no, your? It, it has to sweep. Three game series, they got to win all three. Oh, it's all okay. Never mind. Three games. Yep. Okay. But after that, but after that, they have fourteen games left. So if they can be four back with fourteen to go, eh, you know, maybe you give them a a five percent chance. But we'll see. Rats. All Verlander. right. Verlander went back to Detroit for the first time. That was a big deal for him. Yep, very emotional. So good for him. Uh, Christian Yelich might be my MVP in the National League. Really? Lorenzo, yeah, Lorenzo Kane, Christian Yelich. Uh, Brewers, they have two MVP candidates. Uh, is MV, I don't remember an MVP race for a while. That's been this close. I assume you're throwing Scherzer and DeGrom in the mix as well, right? I, I, uh, I think DeGrom is the side, and I'd be fine with, with MVP. Uh, with him, I don't pay attention to team success at all because it has nothing to do. DeGrom did not make the Mets bad this year. So, um, Christian Gellich, I think, is a serious MVP candidate. He's making a late charge. Oh boy, Der- poor Derek Jeter, another uh, a bad trade. We'll see, I guess, what the Marlins do. But. Yeah, not good, not great. Lorenzo Cain and uh, also Bryce Harper having his, the third best year he's ever had. So slow start, but he's uh, he's picked it up. We'll be burning the hot stove throughout November and of course December, as we always do every year here, uh, to splitting wood with the DR uh, wood chipper, but uh, or wood splitter. But um, do we just looking into your crystal ball? Do you foresee Bryce Harper staying in Washington or no? Eh, probably not. And if I'm in, I probably wouldn't want to stay. They've underachieved greatly. They're going to be lucky to finish over 500 this year. Uh, Braves and Phillies should be good for a while. Yeah, I would. I would not go back. And I'll think you know, allowing the money, it's not going to be worth it. I just don't see it being worth it. He's still fairly young, but I'm not giving anybody 10 years, $300 million. It just has not worked out. Fair enough. Uh, we'll, let's go to weather now. Uh, we'll get to the college football reaction to week two here. Well, let, do we want to do college football week two reaction now or get to the weather first? Weather. Weather. All right. Weather uh, time. And uh, last year, if you recall, I believe it was, was it Hurricane Irma. Is that what it was sure. that that uh, wreaked havoc on uh, college football? You know, Miami was the main target there. Uh, so, I mean, that obviously a lot of games got canceled or postponed, had to get moved and whatnot. Um, also, it was Irma, right? It, it, before that, I went to Houston. Yep. Um, so, that was a big deal there. Uh, like the Miami Dolphins and Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a bye week one and had to play 16 straight games, so that was unfortunate for them. But uh, there's a big storm out there in the Atlantic right now, Hurricane Florence, currently a Category 4. The the, big one. the thought is that, I mean, it is going to continue to strengthen and uh, eventually will probably make landfall around Wilmington. Wilmington, North Carolina appears to be the target city or the biggest city within this uh, the, with the strike zone here. 
Um, that uh, Jerry West uh, is not calling, I should say. Jerry West not calling the strike zone. Um, Joe West. Joe West. Goodness gracious. I can't even get that right. What a shit. Jerry oh, West. Jerry just an NBA. God. Oh, my. Well, forget I said anything, folks. That's strike two for me today uh, already. But anyway, that, that terrible uh, joke aside... Um, this is a pretty serious storm. It's probably going to be a Category 3 when it makes landfall. And several college football games are either postponed or canceled. Uh, West Virginia, North Carolina State, canceled. Uh, we got, what else do we got here? Uh, Virginia Tech, uh, UNC Central and Central Florida, canceled. Uh, Virginia Tech and East Carolina, postponed. Whatever the hell that means. When are they gonna? When are you gonna play it again? And then uh, Norfolk State and Liberty uh, also postponed. Uh, that sucks because I had Liberty in our college football. Uh, you know, pick them this week. So once again, Col- uh, and Wake Forest is bumping up their home game Thursday night uh, to 5:30 uh, p.m. Uh, Virginia is moving its home game against Ohio. From Charlottesville to Nashville, Tennessee, uh, our favorite city. Um, let's see, anything else here? Duke, uh, all weekend athletic home activities are canceled. They're, the football team will still play at Baylor. Uh, Old Dominion traveling by bus from Norfolk, Virginia to Charlotte. Uh, the contest remains on schedule. Coastal Carolina playing Campbell on Wednesday, so you'll know by now if that happens. Uh, Robert Morris and James Madison shifted from Saturday to Thursday. Elon at William & Mary has been postponed. The rescheduling of the CAA football game may depend on FCS playoff scenarios. Tennessee at Hampton has been canceled, will not be rescheduled. Uh, Norfolk at Liberty moved to December 1st. If Norfolk makes the uh, state makes the playoffs, the game will, would be canceled, so hopefully that won't happen. And Charleston Southern at the Citadel has been postponed to November 29th. The game will only occur if both teams do not qualify for the FCS playoffs. I don't see that happening. But once again, we see uh, Hurricane Mother Nature wreaking havoc on the college football season. The majority of these games should be moved elsewhere and played. It's Monday, it's Tuesday, the storm won't get there until late Thursday, early Friday. These games will be played on Saturday. Move them to another spot and play these games. This is what we said last year. We have a week heads up. We knew the storm was going to be here a week ago. Last weekend, we knew the storm was coming. Move these games to Florida. Move them to South Georgia. Nashville, move them to be played in a spot that will not get hurricane winds. For Christ's sake, this is not hard and just a complete failure across the board. Yeah, it's... Listen, I mean, we, first and foremost, we want people to be safe because this is a dangerous storm. Um, I always say I would love to experience a hurricane once just to see the the, the utter, like, the, you know, the destruction, what what the, the, what the Mother Nature can do at her, uh, mo- at her most fury. Um, that's grammatically correct. Either way, whatever. Um... I just love to see it, but at the same time, I do know that it, you know, the gravity of the situation is that this is a very dangerous storm. Millions of people are in the in its path, 
and it isn't something to be taken lightly. But at the same time, here, you know, I get it. It's only a game. It's only sports. But you're right. Th these games could be moved elsewhere. And the fact that you're saying, oh, this game will be played if you're not in the playoffs. It's like, then why the hell are you playing it? Because it doesn't even matter. Like, in all honesty, who wants to go see two teams who aren't in the playoffs that don't have anything at stake? It's kind of like with Nebraska and Iowa State potentially scheduling games against an opponent. Perhaps it's SDSU. Perhaps it's an FCS team. It's someone just to become bowl eligible if necessary, which looking at both Nebraska and Iowa State, I think that's certainly a possibility. Um, so to me here, again, you want everyone to be safe. You want it, but there, there's got to be some way you can reschedule this or honestly up the, you know, like, like you say, move everything to, to Thursday or Friday at the absolute latest. Do Hell that. Yeah, Friday's pushing it, but. Um, okay. Okay. If Friday's pushing it, I get it. I've seen high school, I've seen high school teams play Wednesday. Um, but just move the games. Move the games. You're not supposed to be there anyway. They're telling people to move. Millions of people, they say, do not be here. Get out of the states. Go north, go south. Do not be here. So they're not supposed to be in the first place. Get out of town. Play this game Saturday somewhere else. Uh, I think North Carolina is actually breathing a sigh of relief because Central Florida would have kicked the crap out of them. And this is the second straight year that UCF will uh, have a game postponed against a team from the ACC. Last year, they were supposed to play Georgia Tech, and that game got canceled, again, due to Hurricane Irma. Um, yeah, NC State and West Virginia officials uh, will try. said they will try to... Yeah, yep. Yep, they will, they will try to reschedule the game. They cannot. NC State will look for a replacement game to fill out the home schedule. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, what if, what if the storm were to somehow take a crazy path and just all of a sudden, like all of a sudden, like a, a pressure system builds and it just it shifts out back to the back into the Atlantic, and you do all these preparations for nothing. I I think you're you're holding out until the last possible moment to make adjustments as necessary. I I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is here because, as you said, you could move these games to. Nashville, you could move them to to Atlanta, but these are a lot of games. Like, where the hell are you going to play all these games? Are you just going to like? Is it going to be? Hey, a, is it going to be a doubleheader at uh, Vanderbilt Stadium yeah. on Saturday? Is that how we want to build this? Like, and uh, is it going to be a doubleheader at the at Mercedes Benz uh, Superdome or or that or not the Mercedes Benz Stadium, but Mercedes Benz Stadium or Georgia Tech Stadium? Is that how we want to build this? Is is this how you would? Do this, just find two or three cities and then have doubleheader oh. football games? Just find a bunch of cities. There's one, what was there, about a dozen games? There might be more. Do doubleheaders. I you know, do a game at noon, do a game at six. Play on Sunday. You can play Saturday, you can play Sunday. Go down to Miami. I mean, there are numerous colleges in Florida. 
probably not all of them are at home, play there. Nashville's a site. Ohio can be a site. Go up north, go down south. Baltimore could be a site, maybe. St. Louis, Kansas City, wherever. These, I mean, if they want to play the games, they can. So, they don't want to. Whatever. So. It's part of that, though, they're they're scared about the home factor. Like, the, oh, their home crowd can't come, so... Uh, I think we're more worried about safety. I mean, I, I, every every team, that's my idea last year, every team should have a backup plan of if there's a, God forbid, a tornado, an earthquake, something happens, the roof on your dome collapses, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Where are we going to go? Vikings, they, I mean, the Vikings rescheduled a game... The very next day, against a, a meaningless game against the Giants. Yep. This thing happened at six in the morning on Sunday. Yep. And they played the very next night. So don't tell me these teams can't do this. I mean, this is in Detroit, mind you. But you're right. In Detroit. You want to go to Detroit? Go no, to Detroit. No, no, I don't. I don't. I don't want to go to Detroit. Not at all. Neither does anybody else. So if, 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 yeah, if they want these games to be played, they can. Uh, as far as safety. Uh, again, like you're not supposed to be there anyway, but I'm sure a lot of people will stay. So I'm sure they may be worried about getting back into town. Uh, what Houston had, the Astros had trouble last year. Yep. Uh, what the Rangers wouldn't to reschedule games and all this crap. Um, they played in Tampa. They played games in Tampa. So if they wanted to play them, they would, uh, but they don't. So if they're concerned about safety, that's fine. But um, like if SDSU had a problem, they would play in Vermillion. I would. I would. Yeah, that would be the most sensible thing to do. Um, Here, here's what I. Here's what I think. Judging by the way this storm is going, if 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 the North if North Carolina wanted to do games, and any team, so what was up? Okay, uh, West Virginia, North Carolina State, UCF, North Carolina. Uh, anything else here? Um, no. Uh, Charleston and the Citadel. Do those games on t- on Thursday. Do it in the afternoon. Yeah, do do it in the afternoon, um, yeah. or or early morning if, if you want to. If, I'm just saying you could do it on Thursday. Uh, like, like I say, Boston College and Wake Forest are doing a game Thursday night at 5:30. They're upping the kickoff time, but you could do it Thursday. Who's this? Who's this? Boston College and Wake Forest. On what day? Thursday. I love that. So they're they're doing it. They're upping kickoff time, but it is Thursday at five thirty. So based on the based on how the storm is going here, uh, it's going to be approaching the North Carolina coast by two p.m. on Thursday. So if it's approaching the coast, have your game start at eleven a.m. or noon, and the North and North Carolina can do that. I would just move it. We don't have to worry about rain and wind and any of that. Just move the game. Would you still keep it on Saturday? But I'm saying if they if they really wanted yeah. to play it and they wanted to play in, in their home stadium, do it Thursday. Yeah. Uh, it looks like. Uh, I mean, could Virginia could play it in Charlotte? Play it in Charlotte. As close as you can get. Play it in Charlotte. Uh, whatever Thursday noon. That's inland quite a bit. So they should be fine. Until Thursday night or Friday, and then Virginia could, if they want to, play their games on Friday, because it won't hit Virginia until, I mean, 
the storm is supposed to hit the Florida coast. The Florida. Or, no, 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 not at the Florida coast. The North Carolina coast. 2 p.m. on Friday is when they are believing it is roughly to make landfall. So if it's hitting the North Carolina coast at 2 p.m. on Friday, all the Virginia games could be played at, again, noon on Friday, and you would be okay. That would be the worst-case scenario if you if you want to get these games scheduled and you're obviously you're worried about safety. You, I'm saying you could do that. I'm not scheduling any games hours before it's supposed to hit. Well, Wake Forest is. Well, it's Thursday. I mean, Wake Forest, it's it's in, uh, what, where are they at? Winston-Salem? They're they're in Winston-Salem. That's north, northern parts. Where Winston-Salem, where are we at? Winston-Salem, I mean, that's quite a ways in. That's not a coastal town. So they should be fine. Um, but then neither is Blacksburg. I mean, that, that, that's, I guess, what I'm saying here is that you, you could, if you wanted to play these home games, up it early enough where... Yeah, Thursday, I mean, Thursday would be the last resort, but Winston-Salem's many miles in from the coast, so if you're inland enough, you can get in by Thursday before it hits landfall. Friday, that's fine, but yeah, I, I mean, they're cutting it close. Um, but again, I would just move it. Ohio, Indianapolis has got a dome. That's fine. Uh, Chicago's got a stadium. Many stadiums, if you want to play, you could, but just batting down the hatches, I guess. Yeah, I and I get it that, that you want to move it, or like that you could play these games elsewhere if you wanted to. I totally get that. I just don't know... Feasibly, I mean, if, if moving these games, like, how far do you want to move it? At, at what point do you, are you saying, like, well, well this, see, this is just a little a, a little ridiculous? I just get together. I don't, I don't care about the crowd. I don't care if anybody goes to these games at all. Just, just blame them. Uh, Raleigh, where North Carolina State is, is, uh, what do we say? That's about... Maybe a hundred miles or a hundred miles or so southeast, east southeast of Winston Salem. Does that does that matter a whole lot? Like, could North Carolina State play this on Thursday as well? I would not schedule a game Thursday. But you're okay with when you're okay with Wake Forest. They, I assume, they're inland enough. But again, Thursday, uh, it's. That's too soon for me. I don't know. It, it, yeah, I'm... Again, safety is of utmost importance. But it, it, there are some contingency plans, I think, that you could do. And, and to, to say, oh, we'll reschedule this if we either aren't in the playoffs. It, that just seems stupid. If, figure it out beforehand. There, there are ways Not, to make this work. Games, none of these games appear to be of importance at all. Maybe uh, West Virginia is a top-10 team. We'll see. But none of these games are really of importance. Oh, for Central Florida, it might be. Florida? No, Central Florida. Oh, yeah, Central Florida, they go undefeated. But were they playing some bullshit school? No, uh, they're they're playing UNC. So, yeah, I guess a bullshit school. Well, yeah, like I said, a bullshit school. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mean, Central Florida probably won that game. Again, 
go down, go just go somewhere else. All right. Speaking though of college football, last week, uh, our uh, our friend David Schottenkirk said South Carolina is going to beat Georgia. Not to call him out, but uh, Georgia kicked the shit out of him. Um, it was not good. Uh, I had said that Georgia was going to. Uh, win this game, and I had them for the longest time in the college football playoff, but I was a little scared of games like South Carolina, and I think Georgia answered a lot of questions, or if there were any questions, uh, that uh, they are, in fact, the team to beat in the SEC East, and they are the prohibitive favorites, and not only that, but they are a legit threat to make the college football playoff once again. Yeah, South Carolina winning the division based on this game. And Georgia pretty much wrapped up that division with this win. There's no other team really that's a threat whatsoever to Georgia. Um, five teams, I guess. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma. The same five teams that have been there for the last five years, it seems like. Those appear to be five best teams by a good margin over everybody else. Those five teams. Yeah. Nope, absolutely. I, yeah, there's a very clear cut um, yes. after that. Uh, anything else? Uh, Stanford uh, beat USC. USC uh, scored three points. So that's wonderful. Uh, Clemson, Texas A&M was a thriller. Uh, Clemson hangs on to beat A&M, but A&M looks like they have a team that's going to be competing here. If not this year, next year, I, I think you can uh, say watch out for A&M. They got some good wide receivers. Tough schedule, they go 8-4, and four. that'd be a good year. I saw the end of that game, that was a good finish. Uh, Notre Dame appears to have not looked good at all against Ball State. I think the emotion uh, of again, beating Michigan was a little too much. They didn't play good in the second half of that game, so they haven't played well for six of their eight quarters. So, I'm going to sell on Notre Dame. Um, Stanford, I like Stanford. They got a bad. They got a bad schedule with all their tough games on the road, but uh, I like Stanford. They may go ten and two, but I like. What was Miami a sixty point favorite or something like that? Sixty four, something like that. Sixty. Sixty. They, they covered. covered. They covered. Covered. Seventy seven and nothing went over Savannah State. That's bad. Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky beating Florida. That was um, first time in our lifetime, Crins. First time in our lifetime, Kentucky has beaten Florida. I think they should have beat them last year. They missed a field goal or something. Kentucky should have beat them last year. Florida missed a kick, field goal, third, fourth quarter. It looked like it went over the right upright, and it looked good, but they called it no good. Can't they review that? They they didn't. I don't know if you can. It was a deal where if it was the uprights were 10 feet longer or higher, it would have probably hit the upright. Then who knows what happens. Uh, but that was a unfortunate call for Florida. Florida's quarterback is Felipe Franks, and he sucks. Um, they, I think they had like a two-point conversion or something late in this. There's a guy wide open on his right. I swear to God, he looked right at him. He didn't even throw it. We're watching this game, and he sucks. Terrible again. Hopefully, with Dan Mullen, he'll turn that around, I think. But 
Truth won't be this year. This Florida's offense, once again, just atrocious. Um. Uh, let's see. Before I get to what the Fighting Herm Edwards have done, uh, South Dakota State has a receiver, Cade Brown. His name, Cade Johnson. Cade J- Johnson. What? What the hell is my problem tonight? It's your normal name mix-up. <laughs> Cade Johnson. Yes, Cade he, Johnson. Uh, He's yeah. very good. He will be the next great receiver. So he's he's great. Is he going to have a better chance to get drafted than Jake Wenicky? Well, Wenicky didn't get drafted, so he can't have any worse chance. Well, okay, the, right. Does he? The, the, no. Are the odds of him getting drafted, if at all, better than Jake Wenicky's? He's five ten. He's pretty fast. He's from Papillion, Nebraska. Charlie said his dad went to Nebraska. I, he was just really good. Had four touchdowns. I had a school record. I don't know. He got drafted, I don't think. I mean, first game he's done, first game he's ever played as a sophomore. First game he's ever started and then it had an impact. So they've got a bunch of 5'10", 180-pound receivers. They appear to be good. The quarterback appears to be very good. So I, I don't think they're going to lose as much. I was surprised to see them third in the FCS poll. Like, what? They're, they're, besides NDSU, I mean, it's SDSU. James Madison. And, uh, yeah, yeah, those two. That's, that's not great. But other than that, then it's SDSU. And, I mean, anything less than 8-2 would be bad. North Dakota State, they have them come off a bye in two weeks. <clears throat> and then they got at Northern Iowa. would be the only other game. I'd be worried about, I don't know, they're at Illinois State. But 9-1, and one, you would like minimum 8-2. For Southern Illinois, that, uh, that is it Staub, their, their quarterback? I'll believe you got it. Was well, he a guy? Let, let, yeah. Um, let, just what he did against Ole Miss there. I don't know if you were following this game, but I had Southern. Ole Miss. I had picked Ole Miss as my SEC team here this uh, last week. It's Straub. Straub. Uh, he was just yeah, dynamic. He made a lot of points. A lot of points. Uh, three. Uh, he's, he has four touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, Southern Illinois is leading this game in the third quarter. Um, and then eventually uh, Ole Miss pulled away, routed him 76-41. But Southern Illinois, uh, awfully good. They impressed the hell out of me um, in that lost to Ole Miss, so they might have say something here in the Missouri Valley Conference. A couple other things here to look at from last week. Um, Arizona, I don't know what the what the hell is going on with Khalil Tate and, and uh, Kevin Sumlin and company, but uh, I know we thought they'd all be better, or a lot of us thought they would be better this year in competing for the uh, Pac-12 South Crown, and they still could, but uh, through two weeks, yowza. Does not look very good thus far. Offense looks bad. Who did they lose to last week? Uh, Houston. Houston Got yeah, Houston just, threw the doors off. Yeah. yeah was, not even close. No. I was surprised. I mean, last, the, the week before, that was the bad loss. Uh, I watched a little of that first game against BYU. And yep. they said that they want to make Khalil Tate more of a pocket pass. Dumb. Okay, well, you know. 
he's very good at running the football. You should probably have him do that because he's very good at that. But they, they really should have been. Um, let's see here. Anything else? Oh, yeah. Um, the Fighting Herm Edwards, they beat Michigan State. So Arizona State appears to be a little bit better than we thought. Khalil Tate, seven rushes for eight yards. Not good. At Houston. Oh, and speaking of bad uh, the bad uh, beginnings here, well, let's stay in the Pac-12 South. Uh, uh, Chip Kelly, I'm sure he'll be able to turn things around at UCLA and once he gets his guys in and really installs his system. But uh, they have looked terrible through the first two weeks. Yeah, they might not make a bowl game. Oklahoma's really good. They play Fresno State this week, so that should be, uh, I think that should be a good game, a competitive game. Fresno State at UCLA. Toyo uh, Tate, I mean, he, he rushed for 327 yards in a game last year. He rushed for 230 yards in a game. 206 yards in a game. He had nearly 800 yards in three games. Seven carries for eight yards. What? He should have at least 15 carries in every game. What a poor mismanagement of an outstanding player. And then you got Arizona State. I put it this way. Uh, I was like six to three in the third quarter. Yeah. Real, uh, oh, real barn burner. To me... Yeah, I, I I likened it to that, that game looked about as appealing as humping a bunch of dry needles. Is what it appeared to me. Are you sure you weren't watching the Ravens Bills game on Sunday? Oh my guy, my guy just tore it up to me. He tore it oh, up. Oh well, let's let let us calm down here on the Josh Josh Allen hype train. Um, I have said it before, and it's met with a uh, mostly uh silence, but um. Nathan Peterman has no business being in the NFL, and uh, if this doesn't prove the collusion case with Colin Kaepernick, I don't know what will. I don't know how he is not on the Bills. It is... He, he has played in two games. Well, he has started two he, games. Apparently, he got... Uh, I don't know if he started, but he got the win in the Blizzard game last year against the Colts. Oh, screw him. He has started... Two games voluntarily. Nobody was hurt. They had another quarterback they could have started. He apparently had a great preseason. Or didn't have to trade. They didn't have to trade him. Or t- t- trade Tyrod Taylor. They didn't have to trade Tyrod Taylor no. in the offseason. And the Pierce he didn't play well, but they got the tie. Um, people are saying 0 16 for the Bills. I mean, that's extreme. I'm seeing one of more than like three games, though. With this quarterback, this quarterback situation, a very small sample size. And Peterman may be the worst ever. Yeah. I mean, you look at you. I mean, very tiny sample size. But as far as anybody who's played more than a game or three or four, I mean, he is the worst. He is. No, no doubt, no doubt about it at all. Uh, week three uh, for college football here. That's uh, the games that will be played that won't get hurt, uh, hit by weather at all. Um, oh, by the way, kudos to Kansas for winning their first road game out of like what they snap a forty-some game lo- uh, road losing no. streak. It's been almost ten years. So. Congrats to Kansas. They beat Central Michigan. They beat the hell out of them, thirty-one to seven. They host Rutgers this week. That will be in a most enjoyable game. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, the Buffs 
uh, Traxler's Buffaloes uh, oh. beat uh, um, Charlie's Cornhuskers. So I imagine the Google chat on Sunday was a little contentious. We didn't even mention the game, believe it or not. Oh, well, I'll make sure to bring it up this week. You do this. <laughs> uh, let's see, though. Uh, no, Vandy, North or Notre Dame. That's no nope. uh, LSU, Auburn, Boise State, Oklahoma State, and the big one, the granddaddy of them all, uh, all right. Ohio State and TCU. That's at uh, 7 p.m. on ABC, 7 p.m. Central Time. But uh, like I say. Boise, uh, LSU at Auburn, that's 2.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS. That uh, should be good. And Boise State at Oklahoma State, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. That will be awesome. I hope Boise State can pull out the win there. I think they will. USC, Texas should be entertaining. I don't know how good it's going to be, but it should be entertaining. And then, uh, sadly, I don't get CBS Sports Network, but we have great... Ranked Arizona State at San Diego State. Ooh, good. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, is there a, a local uh, watering hole or a restaurant you can watch this game at? Can you go to Applebee's? Will Applebee's stay open that late? It's at nine thirty. I don't care enough about this game to go somewhere and watch it. Okay. I just put it. Uh, Washington at Utah. I'm something to keep an eye on there. Well, Applebee's put the squirt on ice for uh, for uh, for Travis here. Sure, sure. Oklahoma and Iowa State. Iowa State scored three points. Uh, still in the world, beating Oklahoma last year. So. I don't think that's going to happen. Kyler Murray and company are going to run all all over them, and it's not because I have Oklahoma in our uh, in our pick'em for this week. Any any other college football notes? Florida State looks like shit. Yep. They yep. almost lost to Sanford. Sanford and yes. Sun. Yes. Oh, that's funny. They're at Syracuse this week. Florida State's a three-point favorite. If they can't beat Syracuse, I don't know what we're doing here. They're in trouble. Uh, they will be scheduling... Uh, the Citadel or someone to try and get bowl eligible like they did last year with Delaware State. So, again, to hell with you, Florida State. To hell with you, Duke and Baylor. Yep. USF in Illinois, Oak Central Florida wipes the floor. South Florida. Yes, USF. Kill them. Uh, Minnesota, that, I saw the fourth quarter of Minnesota-Fresno State. That was fun to watch. Gophers had a very exciting win. Antoine Winfield Jr., man, he's very good. Pull that out of their uh, crevices. So, they uh, got Miami this week. They should beat Miami 3-0. and Good start for the Gophers. Good start for them. Now we go. Uh, I'll just touch briefly because uh, how many, you you said last week during our NFL preview that you were you were going to watch Vikings games and you would try and avoid all other games at at all costs. Yes. Did you did you in fact succeed with that uh, week one? I saw zero seconds of live football besides Vikings forty All right. Uh, do you have any thoughts on any of the other games? Aaron Rodgers is great. It appears that was a fun little deal. Uh, Jets did a thing the other night, so that was something. Uh, Saints, Bucks scored a lot of points. 
They did. Most points all time in an opening game. Right. Of a season. Yep. Uh, the combined 88 points. Fantasy team did well. Uh, they projected me to have 90-some points stacking. I had more than 90 points. So, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know where they get their projections from, but they suck. They do. They do. Uh, so, let's... Let's fo- yeah, and Aaron Rodgers, he's a bad man. He, I, For him to be able to throw that pass that accurately that far to Geronimo Allison on one leg, it's unbelievable. No one else can do what Aaron Rodgers does. Um, do you think he will play this Sunday against the Vikings? And should he, then, is the next question that I have. Because if this injury is somewhat severe, and it appears it is because he can't put any pressure on his leg, is it wouldn't resting be okay? Uh, be the smarter route to go than trying to be the hero and beat your division rival Vikings? Maybe you you save up and, and be healthy for that game Thanksgiving weekend Sunday night football NBC at US Bank Stadium because uh, if there's a chance you might be injured and for and get knocked out for the rest of the year, and if I'm Mike Zimmer and Aaron Rodgers is playing. I blitz the living daylights out of him at least forty to fifty percent of the plays. And you know what? If he bur- if he beats you, he beats you. But he has no mobility, so go in there and just kick the crap out of him. The Vikings are the best defensive football, so that's not great for uh, Green um, Bay. I would I would uh, say false after last week. Jacksonville has the best defense. Jacksonville, you say? Jacksonville. Did, do you think Jacksonville would be able to stop George freaking Kettle? Do and not just once, but like, do you think if this if a team would run the same th- play three times in a row against the Jaguars defense that they would complete three passes for like 60 or 70 yards or whatever the hell they did? Would they let the tight end or the fullback streak down the sideline like the Vikings did on Sunday? It was pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. To be determined. What did did Jacksonville do? Uh, They beat the Giants 20-15 outside of a 68-yard run by Saquon Barkley, which was a pretty remarkable run. Uh, the Jaguars' defense pretty much held the Giants' offense in check. Uh, Miles Jack had a 32-yard pick six. Jaguars, legit. They will beat New England this week. I picked the Texans to beat New England last week. It didn't happen. Jaguars will beat the Patriots this week. Book it. I like the Vikings. I like their defense a whole hell of a lot. I do, too. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a serious injury. No need to play. Um, but Sean Kaiser, that's that's bad. That's bad. I don't know why you trade a terrible quarterback for a worse quarterback, but they did. So have, have fun with that. Um. So there's that. That's super fun. Um. Here, here's, here's here's what I say in that San Francisco game. Yep. Um. I'm I, I was begging. I was begging San Francisco. Third and one, run the ball. Uh, first and goal from the two. Whatever, I, I dare you. Run the ball. I fucking dare you. Not if it fourth and inches from the one. Go ahead, run the ball. They're not scoring. Uh, I'm, I'm so confident in the Vikings that it, first and goal from the one. Do you want to? You want to run the ball? Be my fucking guest. That's what I say. <laughs> you know what? I don't disagree with that. Um, 
Alfred Morris had a big fumble down in there. I will. So here's the deal. I was at the game. Um, I agree. The the Viking defense stopped the run for the most part. Uh, forcing that fumble inside the five was absolutely huge because I believe that came on the heels of Dalvin Cook's fumble, which I don't know about you. I will not. Uh, place a whole lot of blame on Cook for that because that's one of the better runs that we've seen from a Vikings yeah. running back in quite some time. For him to be able to squirt through that pocket, you know, break five or six tackles, yes, you need to hang on to the ball, but uh, that was a magnificent run. Good run, then he screwed it up at the end. Yep. So, um, so, that aside, you know, they they, did. go ahead. They, they did not have a lot of turnovers last year, so hopefully that changes this year. Hopefully they get more turnovers. Turnovers are just a thing that happens. Well, Mike Hughes, a pick six. First uh, Vikings rookie yeah. to get a pick in his op- in, uh, his first career game, so that's great. Um, no rhyme or reason to it. You thought the officials were bad. Oh, they were, they were atrocious. Only problem I had was the one rough in the passer again. Everything else I thought was fine. I think face guarding is legal now, so that's fine. Um, I thought everything else was fine. So I have five calls that I will bring to your attention here. Um, Two that I don't have a huge problem with because I see it. Like, Everson Griffin got a call for illegal hands to the face, barely grazed the helmet, like, coming out. That that happens. I I think it it didn't necessarily need to be called, but I, I get it. I get why they called it. Uh... Xavier Rhodes got called for holding or pass interference. Um, yeah, there that was that was non-existent as far as I can. I, he, he barely grazed him. Um, was that the one in the end zone. That was the one in the end zone. Yep, I think they called it illegal yeah, contact. He, he got him. He got him. Um, there was the the play when Xavier Rhodes made that incredible interception, and yeah. Pierre Garcon launches himself, hits him helmet to helmet. That's supposed to be against the rules. And if the, if a defensive player can't do that, an offensive player sure as hell shouldn't be able to do that. Uh, nope. Yeah, that was, they missed that one. And then very- the very next play, Adam Thielen gets cracked in the head by a helmet, and they didn't call anything there. It And there were multiple plays where Kyle Rudolph's getting mugged, Stephon Diggs is getting mugged, and they don't call pass interference at all against San Francisco. Go back, look, I don't know, I can't remember for sure, I bet the Vikings got called for, what, seven or eight penalties? Did San Francisco get called for three, maybe four? I mean, it just, the inconsistency is atrocious. And I hate the whole, oh, placing full weight on the on a quarterback. Grow the hell up, NFL. You know what? Defensive linemen have every right to try and hit the the quarterback as long as it's within like the relative sequence. How are you gonna? How do you determine the full weight of a defensive lineman? Just shut the hell up with this. This is this is dumb. This is dumb, dumb, dumb. NFL. Thanks a lot for frick. Just I don't even I don't even know what to say anymore. It, it's ridiculous. Vikings, Vikings did win this game. They did, but they gave the 49ers every opportunity that they could to win this game. Again, again, but the defense didn't do... They forced four turnovers. They picked Garoppolo off three times. They were lucky to get a that fumble inside the five. By the way, I think Harrison Smith is on pace for 16 interceptions, 16 sacks, 16 forced fumbles, and 16 fumble recoveries. So he's... 
um, headed for an MVP year with those numbers. He's absolutely phenomenal. He saved that game for the Vikings in the fourth quarter and in the second quarter there with that forced fumble. Uh, Kirk Cousins in the Vikings offense, largely uh, unimpressed. The two touchdowns that Kirk Cousins threw, though, the one to Stephon Diggs was a thing of beauty, as was the play, uh, the, the touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph. Those are th- touchdowns. Those are throws that Case Keenum cannot make, did not make last year. But overall... Did you go back and watch the game? Uh, no, I didn't, but I mean, I saw I saw a bunch of replays. That's what they were talking about going down the field. I mean, yeah, two touchdowns, finishing in the red zone. That's our big thing. You get in the red zone, score touchdown. Yep. First half was good. Uh, second half for the offense was not good. Uh, with Tom and Thomas offside, that was ridiculous. It, it, the dumbest, the dumbest person in the stadium by far. Um, I would. If I'm a defensive lineman, I just I, I stand up. I don't even give myself a chance. I, I stand up and say, "Go down to one, do whatever you're gonna do." But but then if they do that, then Kirk Cousins is gonna sneak it for a first down. Well, no, now then go right ahead. Um, that's terrible. Uh. So the the Vikings do get the win, but if they play like this against Green Bay on Sunday, they lose. And I'm already saying that the winner of this game, okay, assuming Aaron Rodgers is healthy for the full season, the winner of this game it wins the NFC North. I'm already declaring it. Kind of like Georgia South Carolina, the winner of that game is going to win the SEC East. The winner of this game wins the NFC North. Four turnovers that were that was impressive. Uh, I thought the defense played very well, considering the one touchdown pass. That was luck. I don't call it lucky, but the one touchdown they gave up was an extraordinary play. I don't know if you could tell from the from the from the telecast, but to me, Garoppolo does not have. He just kind of lobs it up there. There. He doesn't have a lot of zip on his passes, and there are a couple times he got away with several throws there. Like the the one that Sendejo caught out of bounds, it, that shouldn't have even been a pass that he had an opportunity yeah, to get. That was not good when he floats that pass up there that Dante Pettis catches for a touchdown. That's a, that's great for placement, but I mean he just lobbed it up there. Fortunately, his guy came down with it, but I'm not in, thoroughly impressed by that pass. So, uh, overall, uh, the the 49ers, again, somehow George Kettle did his thing, or Kittle, it, uh, unbelievable. The Vikings, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that Trey Waynes is not out a significant period of time. Um, and certainly the defense... What happened to three Waynes? Uh, leg injury. God damn it, three Waynes, what the hell? So... I think- Hopefully he's okay, um, but they, the, I think the defense needs to play better overall. But uh, we'll see. At least they're one and all, and a big game against Green Bay this week. Some of the turnovers were great. That yes, yep, four turn. And Mike Hughes, Mike Hughes is going to be a star. A great draft pick. They do well drafted guys. Yep, they do. Apart from a wide, apart from first round wide receivers. See Troy Williamson and Laquan Treadwell and Cordero Patterson. But I mean, I, I mean, I, I think they're the best team in football. So I, you know, at the Rams, yeah, play the play the Rams. Sure, Eagles just have the defense do better for Christ's sake. 
Saints at home, yeah, I'll play the Saints. At New England, that should be fun. Schedule's a lot less tough than I maybe thought it was, just kind of looking at it. Um, 11-12 wins, I would say, would be minimum. Yep. Maybe lose to the Eagles. Maybe lose to the Packers once. Maybe you lose to New England. Maybe you lose at the Rams. Other than that, you shouldn't lose any other game. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I have a twelve and four. I have them losing to the Rams and the Eagles back to back weeks, and then the 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 Seahawks and the Patriots or the Patriots and the Seahawks. So yeah, Seahawks are bad. They are. They are. I just you know if, if there's ever a game that the Vikings almost, almost. choose to lose, choose to lose it. How would my be guy? How would my guy Frank do? My guy Frank do anything with the damn? Uh, he he looked decent in the first half. He ran for a touchdown. The offense was okay. Um, second half. Had to play the rest of the game, and then all shit. <laughs> yeah, second half not great. Uh, it's almost like the Bears played not to lose rather than play to win. That was not good. And uh, Aaron Rodgers throws three touchdowns in the fourth quarter for the first time in his career, and the Packers win. I, to me, the Bears just terrible defense. There, Kyle Fuller had a pick in his hands. Uh, should have had it. It would have ended the game. He dropped it. And then two plays later, I, I said immediately after it happened, the Bears just lost this game. Sure enough, Randall Cobb, 70 yards, or 64 yards, whatever. Terrible over-pursuit by the Bears' safeties. I don't know how you let um, Randall Cobb get through there, but uh, yeah, not good. Not good, Chicago. Not good. We'll see what happens with the Lions, coach. Uh, but it may not be a good idea to hire a New England assistant. You know what? You are the second person to say that on uh, that I've heard here in the last couple of days. Uh, well, obviously since Monday. I heard Stephen A. Smith on Tuesday say not to hire any Bill Belichick assistants because they just don't, they aren't good. I mean, from uh, Eric Mangini to Romeo Crennel to... Josh McDaniels was probably okay. Yep. I think the playoffs, maybe, but Charlie Weiss. Uh, the jury is still out on Bill O'Brien in Houston, but uh, obviously, there that what happened there was a little bit less than to, to be desired. So, yeah, um, Matt Patricia, what a terrible debut! Um, I'm not saying that the Jets are great, but uh, they they certainly proved me something. Uh, Washington certainly proved uh, showed me something this week. Adrian Peterson had a very good game. Uh, 70 yards receiving. When is the last time? Did that ever happen as a member of the Vikings? Did he ever have 70 yards receiving? It seemed like he always dropped passes. Always. First game he ever played. That's about it. So, uh, there we go. Um, Kansas City. I think Kansas City maybe did something. Oh, yes. Pat Mahomes. What an amazing uh, debut. Tyreek Hill is tremendous as well. Reminder, I have the Jets and the Browns in the playoffs. You do, and you look good with that uh, so far. Um, I, I will say that. You you certainly... Still one week. Look at that. Yeah. Um, do we think Le'Veon Bell is going to come back anytime soon? James Conner certainly looked great. Yeah, I mean, it sucks for him because I don't know what more he could have done to get his money to get a contract. So Pittsburgh's an asshole, but if you're Pittsburgh, you're just kind of like you're great, but you can't just plug anybody in here and it'll be fine. So 
I can see it from both sides. Uh, sure, I'll be back fairly soon, though. And then, uh, yeah, that's about all I got. Anything else for you before we say so long? NBA season is about a month from going here, second A month. Cool. Uh, I'm excited. No, I'm not. What's, uh, what's the hockey? How many games are hockey? got to be, what, 40 games in already? What do we got? <laughs> Their season doesn't start for another month either. Oh, bullshit. Come on. They've been... Uh... You saw King and the Ducks the other night have a shootout. Are you sure that Sorry, wasn't God. a replay on the NHL Network? It might have been. That would be my but, guess. Uh, hey, Mussolini, he's not playing, is he? No, he's not. No, not not that I recall. It's been an old game. But, anyway. Was Goldberg the goalie? No, he was not the goalie. J.S. Jaguar was the goalie during the, the Ducks uh, Stanley Cup final run. I think it didn't they win it? I think they did. One year Have you anyway. Seen what? Have you seen Goldberg lately? I uh, I hear he's uh isn't he in some legal issues? Legal trouble? Uh, I think it might have been mess. He looked like he was seventy. He's only forty. Uh, so that's not good for him. Let's pull up the old uh, Google machine here and type in Mr. Goldberg. Yeah, not great. Also, I, I, I'm projected for 97 points this week. Like, do they know the rules of our league or what? Uh, probably not. Uh, probably. Is that why it's so sticky? Or what? What's that? Is that why they're so off or what? I, I don't know. I, I truly don't... They just are highly conservative, I think. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I truly don't know why they're always so low because they... I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a great answer for you there. But, uh, anyway, we'll see. Uh, good luck to you this week. And um, we will talk to you next week. And good luck to Frank and all of his kids. And uh, we'll see you. We'll see you later. All right. Enjoy. Uh, stay safe in the storm. Stay, uh, stay safe from Florence. It'll be windy as hell here the next day. It was windy today. It was 10 degrees warmer than it should have been. It was 88 degrees. It wasn't terrible out. We had winds of 30 miles an hour. So that's what we got going on. Uh, we were warm as well up in Fargo. Uh, 60s are coming, though, next week. So that's great news. That's fun. Fun times. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, twins are ahead of the Yankees, ten to one. And Joe Mauer had a grand slam, so mark that on your calendar. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the grand slam for Joe Mauer, one of the five home runs he's hit this year. Does he even have five? Right. Uh, I probably got six. Very good. Check out the old stats, Zach, and he's got six home runs. Look at him go. Awesome. Well, good for him. Hundred three, hundred forty-three in his career. Tremendous. Tremendous uh, for Joe Maurer. One of the best hitters of all time. Yep. All right. Very good. Thank you, my friend. All right. We'll see you later. We'll read this new Trump book, and then we'll talk it over next week. All right. That sounds good. Book uh, Full book report, please. All right. We'll see you. Uh, preferably op-ed anonymous. We will do that. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Grins. 
Travis Grins joining us here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his uh, time and uh, unique perspective, as always. So we obviously differ on the Serena Williams aspect of it. Again, I don't necessarily, I don't condone what she did, but I do find the the chair, um, the Carlos Ramos here, uh, at fault as well. Um, I think he provoked some actions from Serena, so. Not a good situation overall, but um, it is what it is. And, of course, uh, weather. Get, stay safe to all of the uh, residents in the southeast. Um, if any of you listen to this podcast, I doubt you do. You've never heard of the Sports Block podcast. You don't even know it's available on iTunes by searching the Sports Block. But if you do listen to it, please be safe. Uh, this is a very dangerous storm, uh, Hurricane Florence, that is about to barrel down on the coastline and uh north carolina and virginia i know i have a cousin out there in uh, in uh norfolk so um certainly uh, hope that all is okay let's wrap up this uh week's edition of the sports block podcast though with a look back at what happened week one in the nfl make some early predictions for week two picks of week one were not great we will start, though, Thursday night with the uh, defending Super Bowl champions, Philadelphia Eagles, Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons' offense appears to be stuck uh, in the same spot that they were last year. They were terrible last year in the red zone. They just couldn't get a lot of points. Julio Jones and Matty Ice couldn't really hook up a lot. They hooked up in this game, nine catches, 166 yards. It took another Philly-Philly special to, for the Eagles' offense to really get going. Uh, the Falcons... Scored, what, nine points in five red zone trips? That's not great. But again, a Philly-Philly special with uh, Nelson Aguilar completing a pass to Nick uh, Foles to really help get things going for the Philadelphia Eagles. They uh, used two Ajayi touchdowns and hung on to beat the Falcons 18-12. The Falcons had a chance. Uh, four, four downs, first and goal at the... 10 and could not get the job done um, again. Deja vu all over again. Sunday then, uh, Dolphins-Titans played the longest game in NFL history, 7 hours, 8 minutes, but that's because of two massively long ring delays. One a little over 2 hours, one just about 2 hours. And uh, 13 points scored in the the first three quarters combined. 34 in the in the fourth quarter. Two and that includes two kickoff returns for touchdowns. Uh, Delaney Walker for the Titans. This was a devastating loss for the Titans, uh, in part because they lost the game, but also they lost tight end Delaney Walker to a fractured ankle. He's done for the year. Marcus Mariota has an elbow injury. Taylor Lewan a concussion. So Titans come out of Miami the walking wounded. As mentioned, the Vikings beat the 49ers 24-16. Travis is very impressed by the Vikings' defense. I was not for the most part. Yes, it was great that they got uh, four, four turnovers. I would like to see a little bit more pressure, but Daniil Hunter played very well. Uh, Everson Griffin was good. Sheldon Richardson looks like he's a, a good signing, a good get. But uh, got to stop the tight end. Got to figure that out. And the offense needs to finish drives. Uh, they stalled in the second half in large part, so... That's not good, but they do get the win, 24-16. Patriots top the Texans, 27-20. My Super Bowl picked the Texans. I picked the Texans to win this week. Deshaun Watson did not play like he did last year. He was very bad. Uh, 
Bill O'Brien probably should have ch- uh, called timeout in the final two minutes of the first half to allow replay to perhaps uh, take another look at a Gronkowski catch. I think the catch would have still uh, been upheld, the call on the field. Uh, but Tom Brady and the Texans do, or and the Patriots do enough to hold off the Texans 27 to 20. The upset of the week, maybe. I don't know after Monday night, but. Uh, Yes, we will call this the upset of the week. It is uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ryan Fitzpatrick steamrolled the Saints defense. 417 yards through the air passing. Four touchdowns passing. One rushing. The Bucs win 48-40 over the Saints. Uh, The Saints tried to to rally late. Alvin Kamara had a huge day rushing. He had three total touchdowns. He was phenomenal. But Ryan Fitzpatrick and Mike Evans... Don't know what else we could say about it. Just utterly fantastic. Jaguars topped the Giants 20-15. Leonard Fournette had to leave this game with an injury. Saquon Barkley, magnificent touchdown run. Miles Jack picked six for the Jags. Jaguars looking good, but still massive questions on offense. The Bengals beat the Colts 34-23. There was an ejection in this one uh, for one of the Bengals defenders hitting Andrew Luck later in the head. Um... But uh, AJ, the, the the Bengals scored the final 24 points in this game. AJ Green with the touchdown catch. Andy Dalton looked okay. Mixing almost 100 yards, rushing on the ground, and a touchdown. Bengals win 34-23. The Bud White or the Bud Light in Cleveland will have to be on lockdown for at least another week. The Steelers and Browns tie 21-21 in OT. Uh, the Bengals do ra- or the Browns rally from. uh, From 14 down, it was 21-7 in the fourth quarter to tie the game. They had a chance to win it at the end of overtime. A 43-yard field goal, though, missed badly. It appeared to be blocked by J.J. Watt. Or, uh, yeah, no, T.J. Watt. Anyway, one of the Watt brothers uh, blocked the kick there. So the Steelers eke out a 21-21 win despite Ben Roethlisberger throwing four interceptions. James Conner filling in for Le'Veon Bell over 100 yards rushing and two touchdowns. So a star is being born in Pittsburgh at the running back position, not named Le'Veon Bell. The Bills are the most embarrassing team in the NFL. They are the worst team in the NFL. Nathan Peterman has no business being a quarterback. I don't know how much to take away from the this game. The, the Ravens trounce the Bills 47-3. They were up 40 to nothing early in the third quarter in this one. Uh, Flacco, three touchdowns to new wide receivers, so that's great. But just how good is this team? That remains to be seen uh, when they play uh, some stiff competition. They do play the Bengals Thursday night here this week, so that'll give us a good opportunity. The Pat Mahomes era started out great in Kansas City. They beat the Chargers 38-28. to Tyreek Hill, three touchdowns, two receiving, one punt return for a touchdown. He was phenomenal. Uh, Pat Mahomes, 256 yards to the year, four touchdowns. Chargers couldn't get out of their own way. A lot of dropped passes, costly dropped passes, and they ultimately go down to the Chiefs. Washington, big winners over Arizona, 24-6. As mentioned, Adrian Peterson, 96 yards rushing and a touchdown, 70 yards receiving. Alex Smith played great. Uh, the Cardinals offense looks terrible right now. Uh, Sam Bradford did not look the part, so we'll see where Arizona can go from here. But they lose 24-6. Perhaps the most boring game of the week outside of Buffalo-Baltimore was Carolina and Dallas. 
Carolina beat wins 16-8. The Cowboys' offense didn't get going until the fourth quarter. By that point, it's too late. Uh, poor clock management. Ezekiel Elliott only 69 yards rushing and a touchdown. Case Keenum, new quarterback for the Broncos. He did fairly well. He did throw three touchdowns, but also threw three interceptions. Over 300 yards. Uh, Corey Lindsley, undrafted rookie from Colorado, running back. He played very well. Broncos hold off the Seahawks 27-24. The, the greatest game Aaron Rodgers has ever played. Uh, praises sung by many. Words said by many. Um, and I will take those words. Not use them as my own, but just... Um, echo what they say three touchdowns in the fourth quarter on one knee one leg seriously that's what he was on Packers win 24-23 over the Bears who again Kyle Fuller could have ended this game for the Bears he could have picked off Aaron Rodgers but he dropped it it was right in his hands and uh, what one play two plays later Randall Cobb big touchdown and Packers win, but the status of Aaron Rodgers is unknown at this point. Then Monday Night Football, Sam Darnold, his very first pass of his career, he throws a pick six. But it, so I guess it can only get better from here. And it, from there, and it did. He goes 16 of 20 the rest of the game, throws a couple of touchdowns. The Jets get a punt return for a touchdown, pick six. They crush the Lions 48 to 17, an embarrassing loss for the Detroit Lions. And then the Rams. Los Angeles Rams spoil the return of John Gruden to the black hole. The Rams win 33-13 over this. Oakland. Let's go to week two. Make some early predictions and picks here. Begins Thursday night, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on the NFL Network. The Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. I want to believe in the Bengals. I don't know if I believe in the Ravens, but I, the Ravens seem to have the Bengals number in Cincinnati, at least as of late. They had last year anyway. Uh, probably want to exact revenge for knocking, uh, getting knocked out of the playoffs by the Bengals last year. The Bengals can beat them in Baltimore again if they want. I'll lean towards the Ravens here in this one. A low-scoring affair. Carolina at Atlanta, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Panthers in that win... It was a costly win because Greg Olson is going to be out for an extended period of time. They're tight end. The broken foot, uh, Daryl Williams is going to have, uh, he hurt his knee again in that contest against the Cowboys. So he's going to be out for a while. Uh, so the Panthers losing a couple of key contributors. The Falcons, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, they're going to be upset. They're going to be ticked. They're going to put a lot of points on the board. They're going to beat the Panthers. Indianapolis at Washington, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. Uh, the way Washington played last week, awfully impressive. I just don't see the Colts being able to go into Washington and get the win. Give me Washington. Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. One of these teams is going to go 0-2, and that's going to be a very bad sign for them in the AFC South. So appears to be a pretty good division with Jacksonville up there. With the status of Marcus Mariota unknown at this point, if he doesn't play, I'm taking the Texans. I think Deshaun Watson is going to come back with a vengeance. We'll because uh, I mean, if Blaine Gabbert's playing, sorry Titans, your season's done. So right now, I will lean towards the Texans. If Mariota plays, I might favor the Titans. It's going. It's tough. Tough to say at this point. Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. I, I need to see it from Ryan Fitzpatrick and company two weeks in a row. 
for me to believe. I think Philadelphia is going to play better uh, than they did last Thursday night. Give me the Eagles. Kansas City Chiefs at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. This is going to be a barn burner. A lot of points scored. I'm all in on Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, and company. I have the Steelers beating the uh, I have the Chiefs beating the Steelers in a high-scoring affair. Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time CBS. Dolphins looked okay, uh, but the Jets looked better, and I think the Jets with Sam Darnold home debut. Just like the way it's favoring uh, or looking for the Jets right now. Give me the Jets over the Dolphins. Chargers at the Bills. Los Angeles Chargers at the Buffalo Bills. 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time CBS. Listen, if if Nathan Peterman starts, I don't know how the Chargers lose this game. If Josh Allen starts, I still don't see how the Chargers lose this game. Uh, but this would be a Chargers-esque type deal to, to fall behind in an early hole uh, in the season. Give me the Chargers for the win. Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. I am less confident in the Vikings this week than I was headed into the season based on their performance last week. We'll see what Aaron Rodgers can do. I will take the Vikings narrowly if Aaron Rodgers plays uh, because he is hobbled. I think the Vikings defense can take advantage of that. Um, but if not, eh, it's going to be difficult. Uh, I mean... Deshaun Kaiser place. Vikings roll the pack. The Browns against the Saints. Both teams looking for their first win. Browns with that tie. The Saints with that embarrassing loss. I think, unfortunately for the Browns, the Saints are going to come in focus this week, and you're going to run into a buzzsaw. Give me the Saints over the Browns. Lions at the 49ers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. With how bad the Lions looked last week, give me Jimmy Garoppolo to have a bounce back week. I'm taking the 49ers all day. This one, Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Again, with how bad the Cardinals looked last week, why would I pick against the Rams, especially when they're going to be at home? Give me the Rams. New England Patriots at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. That defense is great for Jacksonville. They are going to frustrate Tom Brady and company. And they will get just enough done on offense to get the win. I like the Jaguars there. The Raiders at the Broncos, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. I will get. I will take the Broncos in this one uh, because I'm just very unimpressed by what John Gruden and company showed that on Sunday there. So I'll do that. The Giants at the Cowboys, 820 p.m. Eastern, 720 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Give me the Giants to win in Big D. They seem to do that a lot. They didn't last year when this game uh, was uh, the oh the season opener, week one. But give me the Giants in this one. Then finally, the Seahawks at the Chicago Bears, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN Monday Night Football. Give me the Bears. Bounce back win. Khalil Mack. The Seahawks offensive line is atrocious. Khalil Mack eats that up, eats it alive. Give me the Seahawks to lose to Chicago Bears. See what I did there? Give me the Bears. Uh, college football weekend forecast. That'll be coming up here in the blog this week along with picks. Uh, you can find you can find out all the the picks for this week in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog.com. That's a, that'll be on Friday. Last week, if we look back, 
Um, where are we here? One on one on two on two on two on two on three two on four two on five two two five and one ooh three five and one three six and one three seven and one four seven one five seven one six seven one seven 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 eight and one eek not good we'll bounce back this week hopefully uh, but you can find this podcast available on iTunes just search the Sports Block Podcast follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken Facebook Nathan Stacken have a link posted to the podcast middle to later part of each week. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Sports Block Podcast. We always appreciate it. Hope you uh, enjoyed this week's edition. Again, this Hurricane Florence is a big deal. Um, Maybe it didn't come across like I was trying to make light of the situation here or not thinking about the safety of everyone involved with these college football times. Just merely stating if you want to try and get these in, this would be the latest that you could possibly do it if you wanted to do it at home. Um, we'll see if the football games get rescheduled. Again, thoughts to everyone there um, in North Carolina and Virginia as this appears to be the mother of all storms or one of them. It's a pretty massive storm. Uh, so next week we might talk about Hurricane Florence and the destruction that it leaves behind in its remnants or in its wake. Um just talk about it in general, and we'll talk about college football, some baseball, NFL, and we'll see what else happens in the world of sports. Uh, so for Travis Crins, I'm Nathan Stacken. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Hope you tune in again next week. Have a great week. Again, find us on iTunes, search the Sports Block Podcast, follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken. Thank you again for listening. Have a great week. You have been listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast.